Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me on the Fox Sports app or at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. Okay, so don't take this the wrong way, Bulls fans. I am not here to rain on the parade. Really, I'm not. It does my heart good to see such a revered and storied franchise finally climb out of the muck again and present a team that the city of Chicago can be proud of, truly, or at least be entertained by. The Bulls logo being one of my favorite in the league, it was hard seeing it mocked on a regular basis over these low many years. And maybe being a Midwestern kid, I feel a kinship. I certainly feel more affinity to the Bulls than I do the Pacers. Nothing against the people of Indy. But it's taken me this long to talk about them because I didn't want to get excited about the Bulls too soon. Yes, I loved everything that they did over the summer. I thought Lonzo Ball was quietly a steal and the perfect piece to put along Zach Levine. Picking up DeMar DeRozan, another shrewd move. Although, the fact that DeMar wanted to be there, spoke a lot about how the view of this franchise has changed. Alex Caruso, another great pickup. When you're trying to change the culture of a team, it starts with getting the worker bees, and that's what they got. Now, it's still too soon to start making wild pronouncements about where they're going to end up as far as playoff seeding or how far they go in the postseason. I know everybody wants to jump to that. And the fact that I'm even talking about it as if it's a foregone conclusion that they will be in the playoffs is already a step up from where they've been for the last few years. I've been aggressive in projecting them the last couple seasons as a potential eighth seed. I think I did it twice in both the last two years in the East. Largely because I knew Zach Levine was better than people were giving him credit for. And I saw them trying to put veteran players around him. 
but I knew he was better than people gave him credit for, including his previous head coach. And I knew that the Bulls, collectively as a franchise, were searching for answers. They weren't satisfied with what they were. Michael Reinsdorf wanted to see the team restored to respectability. He just had to find the right people to do it. I knew in talking about them having a shot at the postseason that I was being edgy and possibly even premature, which I was, obviously. I knew everything had to break right for them to just be in the hunt. I always did make that clear. But here's the reality. It still does. Yes, the Bulls are 4-0 for the first time since the days of Jordan and Pippen. Yes, they are the last undefeated team in the Eastern Conference as I record this. Yes, they were projected to be a run-and-gun offensive highlight reel with Levine and Lonzo Ball and Derek Jones Jr., which they still should be at some point. But lo and behold, they've got their early work done by being the third-best defensive team in the league. No one saw that coming. But there's also an important first in all this. It's the first time Zach Levine has won four games in a row, ever, in his career. And I'll get to why that's important in a minute. So what I'm about to drop on you is not rain. It's just reality. The Bulls have played three of the worst teams in the league so far in getting their four wins and having their undefeated record. The Detroit Pistons could potentially be the worst team in the Eastern Conference. I think they could be a little bit better than that, but let's face it. They're going to be at the bottom of the standings. New Orleans Pelicans, same deal in the Western Conference. Toronto Raptors, a little bit better. They've got some experience. I'm a big fan of OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet, but again, not one of the teams the Bulls should be battling for a playoff spot or playoff seeding. The good news is they've done what they were supposed to do with those teams, which is beat them. But they didn't beat them convincingly, not every night out. And the way those wins were ultimately accomplished shows that there is work to be done, roles to be sorted out, execution to be fine-tuned, and confidence to be grown. The biggest issue so far, the most obvious issue, is that they don't know how to close games, in part because they don't know how they want to close them or with whom, which is understandable. Last year, anybody following the Bulls knows, it was basically give the ball to Zach Levine and get out of the way and hope he could get something done. Didn't really have a point guard. Kobe White, they tried at the beginning of the year, found out that he's really ideally going to be in his perfect role this year, coming off the bench, kind of a game changer, scorer off the bench, not a point guard, not a setup guy. So now you have Lonzo Ball, who is a setup guy, but not a go-to guy, not a guy that you're going to put the ball in his hands at the end of games and have him orchestrate where you're going to go. DeMar DeRozan is a go-to guy, has been in San Antonio and Toronto, but for my money, he doesn't have the same skill set that Zach Levine has. Ultimately, I'd like to see Zach in that role. What I'm a little surprised by to this point, maybe I shouldn't be, but I am, 
is the fact that Zach has deferred to DeMar. Or Billy Donovan has decided that DeMar should be their go-to guy in need situations. Now, there's not a problem with that yet. But it goes to show that Zach is still growing into being the team leader that he needs to be. Because if you look across the board, who is the team leader? One of the reasons the Toronto Raptors moved DeMar to San Antonio is because they believed that he was good. He just wasn't good enough to get them over the hump to where they wanted to go. Proved to be basically the same in San Antonio. He is a solid player. And as your number two or number three, you can go a long way. But he can't be your number one. And right now, that's how the Bulls are utilizing him. Ideally on a team that wants to go a long way, you never even have to have this debate or discussion about who the go-to guy is, who wants the ball, who is going to lead your team. It's already defined. That guy lets you know. Zach has proved that he's willing. He's just not demonstrative about it. He's not Chris Paul. He's not Kyrie Irving. He's not James Harden. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not even Steph Curry, I would say. In terms of, it's understood. Give me the ball. Get out of the way. Now, I believe he has the guts and the game to fill that role. As I said, he's willing, which means that Billy Donovan is the head coach and DeMar and Lonzo and this team collectively have to cultivate that in Zach. And there are very subtle ways that a coach and a team can do that. Going to DeMar in certain matchup situations isn't a problem. Having Lonzo initiate the offense to create something that ultimately ends up with the ball in Zach's hands is not a problem. It doesn't mean that Zach is deferring if the decision is made by Zach. And that's the key, is that Billy Donovan has to give Zach the options and then let him make those choices as to where he's going to go. Very much how LeBron James plays, as we know. Doesn't always take the last shot, isn't always interested in taking the last shot, but has the ball in his hands and he gets to decide who is going to take the last shot. To cultivate Zach, to give him that confidence, to be that team leader, because that, for me, is the one element that is the biggest missing part to this team. The question, the biggest question that I have. I like their athleticism. I like their size and length. I'm not surprised that they could play between Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine's much improved, DeMar DeRozan. All of these guys can defend. Nikola Vucevic is going to be a challenge in terms of you're going to find him in a lot of pick and rolls. But the rest of their team is so long and agile, I think they can protect him. And if things get really bad, you bring Tony Bradley in. There is the one element that there isn't a whole lot of beef on this team. There are no P.J. Tuckers. Once you get past Vucevic, it is a very lightweight team. You saw that against Toronto. When Toronto decided to get physical, that made the game hard for Chicago. And they're going to have to find an answer to that because teams are going to take a page out of that book and look at these high-flying guys and try to make it a grind game. 
The absence of a leader is also why you saw the ball in Vucevic's hands at the end of the game when it had no business being there. That's when somebody like Zach has to pull rank and say, we're never letting that happen again. You have a leader on the team and that doesn't happen to start with. This is why I mentioned at the start that this being the first time in Zach's career that he's won four games in a row ever is so important to keep in mind. Because as I look at this team, he has to be the leader and he's never experienced leading a team through highs and lows. Plenty of lows, but getting good at banging on a door that you simply can't get open is not the definition of becoming a leader. Becoming a leader is looking at these four wins and not just knowing that the way they played isn't good enough to get them where they want to go or to get too excited about being 4-0, but then understanding how that has to be accomplished on a day-in and day-out basis. That's a massive learning curve. Now, what I like about this Bulls team and why I believe that they ultimately will get there is because they have something in common that I saw with the young Golden State Warriors. Not the Warriors that were in the finals every year, but the Mark Jackson Warriors with Jared Jack and Carl Landry and David Lee and Richard Jefferson. Jared Jack was like DeMar DeRozan is now. A veteran, knew what it took to be successful, had never gotten to the top of the mountain, but knew the difference between young teams with potential and young teams that realized that potential. What all those guys had in common, along with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, is that they'd been dismissed, discounted, and they were all playing with a chip on their shoulder. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. I see the same common bond with these bulls. Lonzo Ball was dismissed as a bust in LA and then in New Orleans kind of found himself, but the feeling was Zion Williamson is really the guy we want to have the ball in our hands. So you were a nice piece, Lonzo, but we're not going to break the bank in order to keep you. Damar, as I mentioned, good, but not quite good enough. How satisfying would it be for him to be part of this revitalization of a proud franchise like the Chicago Bulls? To be the veteran that leads a Zach Levine, much like Jared Jack did Steph Curry, to realizing his full potential? How sweet would it be for Alex Caruso to show the LA Lakers exactly what they're missing? and to be an integral piece to leading the Bulls back to prominence. Patrick Williams wasn't even a starter at Florida State. When Bulls took him with the fourth pick, people were scratching their heads a bit. He's got some of that Devin Booker energy. Booker not having started at Kentucky. How much do you think he would enjoy 
being the first member of his draft class to win a playoff series, beating Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball to that honor. And then there's Vucevic. All those years toiling away down in Orlando, playing for what? Eight full seasons, two brief playoff appearances, and quick exits. That's what offers the most promise with this Chicago team. Yes, they don't know how to win, individually or collectively. I mean, look across the board. Outside of DeMar, who are you looking at and saying, this guy understands what it takes to win on a night-in and night-out basis to be not just competing for one of the last playoff spots, but to be solidly in the playoff picture, which is, I'm sure, what everybody in Chicago is thinking right now with this start. There's a lot of work still to be done, but what I really like, why I believe that they have a chance of getting there, is because of their hunger. That Warriors team didn't have any more idea of how to win. They just knew they were tired of losing and were willing to do anything to change that. And I offer all this now <laughs> with the team, with the Bulls, 4-0, because... Everything's about to change in a hurry here. The Knicks, the Jazz, the Celtics, the 76ers twice, the Nets, the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers. That's their next string of games. If they come out of that stretch above 500, with five of the 10 on the road and Clippers and Lakers being back-to-back, in LA, that will be a very promising sign because they're going to have to go through some challenges, some ups and downs in order to get to that eight and six record. But if they do, it will be significant because that Warriors team that I keep referencing, the 2012 13 Warriors that end up going to the second round and playing the San Antonio Spurs tough before losing in six and putting the league on notice that they were coming. That team started out 8-6. and six, And then they won 7 of their next 8. And they never looked back. Alright, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Next episode, it might be time to check in on those Dallas Mavericks and the favorite to win MVP this season, Luka Doncic. That talk has quieted down some already after their shredding by the Atlanta Hawks and Doncic having a team worst plus minus of minus 24. Is that a blip on the radar or a sign of things to come? That's up next, unless something more pertinent raises its head between now and then. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 